anyway, as Pastor Stacy said, I've always loved working with kids. I've worked with kids probably since I was like 12 years old myself. And um, after school on a Tuesday, I'd ride the city bus, and my mum and all her friends who were young at the time had a group called the Housewives Club. So kind of before like housewives were fashionable, and they had a play group, and one of the younger mums would stay in there and look after the kids. So it was kind of like my first job. I'd get off the bus and I'd go help her and she'd give me two pounds, which is like four dollars. It was a lot of money back in those days. So I guess that's kind of where I began my kid career. Um, I'd also been in the Girl Scout organization. I went in when I was seven and uh, I was in it for over 40 years. Um, I was a leader in Scotland and in Canada. And then when I came to Ohio, I started a troop here as well. I became a Christian at 22 years old, so I never grew up in a Christian environment. Um, and as a young adult, I was a youth worker in Scotland. And then I trained as a nursery school teacher. So in Scotland, you can work, if you have that qualification, you can work with babies through eight-year-olds. So you could be in a nursery school or you could go into elementary school. So after so many years of this, it's kind of, your days are pretty much the same. I volunteered in a group home on a Sunday afternoon because I wasn't busy enough. Um, I volunteered in a group home with behavioral kids and they were six to 16 year olds. Um, and I'm saying behavioral kids in Scotland, like they're like the toughest kids you'll ever meet in the world. Um, but I loved it because every day was different. Um, and then I couldn't decide if I wanted to work with kids or if I wanted to work with teenagers because I loved them both. And at that point, a position opened up for me in a homeless shelter for teenage mums. So I got to work with mums and I got to work with babies. They were Their kids were up to five years old. Again, a lot of hard cases there too. So I moved to Canada when I got married and I got a job as an assistant manager in a co-ed group home. The kids there were 14, 18 year olds, so like the higher uh, aged kids. Um, and then within that company, I trained as a, a trainer for a company called Understanding and Managing Aggressive Behaviour. So any new members of staff, we had eight group homes, so any new members of staff that came into the group home, I would teach them verbal, uh, verbal de-escalation techniques and then physical restraint techniques, um, which was never my favourite thing to do, but sometimes we had to do it. So at that point in Canada, I started uh, volunteering in the kids' ministry at church. Um, and at the same time, I got promoted if you could call this a promotion, but I did get promoted in a group home as the manager to 10 boys, and they were uh, all had special needs. So they were started at six years old to 16 year old. So they were nonverbal, autistic, they were Down syndrome. A lot of the kids were in diapers, um, very aggressive. Like I could tell you how many times I had been kicked, even when I was like five months pregnant. So you'd get kicked, you'd get shoved, your hair would get pulled on a regular basis, um, and I get cursed at almost every day. So. That was just uh, that particular home. We had about 30 staff just for those 10 boys. So that's a lot of staff. Um, 30 staff. 30. Yeah. yeah. So it was, a, it was a busy place. So when I had Hannah, my daughter Hannah is 12 years old. And I know there's some people in the room that know Hannah from camp. Um, she's actually in an archery tournament this morning. And if you were here last year, she was in an archery tournament too. So at noon, she's shooting. Um, and last year, they were national champions. So we're kind of praying that again this year. So daddies were hard this morning. But when I had Hannah, I had the privilege of staying home. And I was able to look after her. Never worked for maybe eight years. It was awesome. At the time, it was just good for me. At the time, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mummy. And Pastor Stacy had said, would you like to come in and like help me in the church office for like maybe six hours a week, maybe eight hours a week? I'm like, oh, that sounds like fun. I totally could do that. So we had a lot of fun there. Um, but it led to me being the elementary team leader, children's pastor, once Pastor Stacy moved into her position. And now I serve as the family care pastor, which is 
it's different and fun. Um, but when Stacey had said to me, can you share about special needs? I thought, what would I like to learn if this was the first time I was sitting in a room thinking, I've never done this before, it's new. I thought I'd do some kind of hands-on practical stuff. So let me ask, does anybody here have a special needs ministry of any kind in their church? Yeah? Yeah? Can you kind of quickly tell me what it looks like? Is it a buddy system? Is it a mint? Like, what do you have? I'll be honest, I haven't been there. I know it is there. It's there? Okay. Okay. Yeah. We have a respite, and what that is, the parents can bring the children in for two and a half hours uh, on a uh, Friday night, and they get a break, and we play with the children. Yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. I'm going to talk about that later. What does yours look like? Same. I, I have been in it. Same person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like Pastor Stacy says, we don't have those kind of kids in Ohio, right? Yeah, we do, right? The majority of times they just don't come to church because the parents a lot of the times are too embarrassed. Or they bring them once and then they're just like, I just can't do this anymore. You know, I'm just... And I'll get to talking to parents in a bit. Um, but last year, if you were here last year, I did a lot more kind of hands-on practical. If you weren't here last year and you want my notes from last year, I'll send them to you. But I just didn't want to do the same thing in case there were people that were here before. Um... But we did a lot of practical, hands-on stuff. Um, stuff that you could just implement without breaking your budget because I know in kids' ministry, we really don't have a budget, right? Well, um, if it's true for me, running the kids' department. But I thought this year, what I'd share about is how can we partner with parents, right? Because that's what parents want. They want us to take their kids and help them, give them a break. Um, I've got a buddy bucket that we provide in our church, um, during elementary time. I'll go through that with you. And then how can you set up a special needs ministry with goals in your first year? Just like break it down and if you've got any questions, we can talk about that. So on C3 Kids, when Pastor Stacey was in charge, we kind of talked about accommodating our kids. You've probably already got them in your room. There's those kids that run circles, right? They disturb when you're teaching, right? You know what I'm talking about already. Uh, they just cannot sit still. They fidget, they fuss, they make noise, inappropriate noises sometimes. Um, and you just need somebody sitting right beside them, right? So we call that a buddy in C3. Um, and our goal in that uh, environment is for the kids to remain in kids' church so that the parents can be in big church without having to worry about their kid squirming in the seat beside them or underneath them or having to go to the bathroom four times um, because that's what they do, right? So here's what I did. I met with some mums from C3 and I asked them some questions um, about what could the local church do for them and for their kids. But let me tell you this. Meeting with parents, and I don't know if some of you have experienced this already, but meeting with the parents of a child diagnosed with a neurological disorder or significant development delay can be intimidating for us. Right, because we have got no idea what they're walking through every day, right? Um, unless you're in that position yourself. And it's sometimes hard to gauge how much a parent wants to share about their child. And it's not uncommon to learn that one parent is at a different place of acceptance than the other parent. For example, what a mum is willing to share and even wanting to share may be different when she is alone versus when her spouse is present. 
right? So if there's any mums in the room, do you know what I'm talking about? Right? Because I know if I'm in the room with my husband, and if I was sitting with a female, there's so much more I would tell that person than if my husband's sitting there, because he'd be like, why you tell them that? Why'd you have to share our dirty laundry with everybody? Right? So it's true, right? Like mums are going to be more honest. Okay, it may just be like a big old general statement there. But it's, it's probably true, right? Um, so... Well, every family's journey might be different, it's not uncommon for the dad to work through the emotional ramifications of a special needs diagnosis differently, and it usually happens after the mothers came to that place of acceptance, right? Usually the mum accepts it first and is, you know, ready to deal with it. And it's also worth noting that simply using the term special needs or disability can be really tricky, because some parents aren't ready to hear those words yet, you know? Um, and again, I'm going to talk about these mums that I met, and some of them are like, they're totally there. They've walked it for quite a while, and they're cool with you using those terms. Some people are not. So the term itself can conjure up negative images of a child with perceived limitations beyond what the parents may envision for their child. And very often, the long-term effects of a diagnosis could be relatively mild. And as a result, it's sometimes best to talk to a mum about her child without using those words, special needs or disability. And it's best to let the parent be the first to term their child's differences as a disability. So if you sense a parent could be sensitive to special needs or disability references, just substitute those words with learning preferences, learning styles, or learning difficulties. And if a parent shares anything about their child that reveals a diagnosis or a recognised challenge, it's usually safe to assume that the parent welcomes open communication. Right, so she uses all those terms. She's going to be honest with you. So I've worked with parents in the past. Pastor Stacey will probably know who I'm talking about. And they've been very hesitant to talk about their child's needs, even when we approach them. You can clearly see it, that the kid needs some, you know, help a buddy in the room and the parent just does not want to hear it. They're not, not ready for the next step. However, for some parents, very often conversations about their child and their family's experience can be healing for them, right? So as soon as you open those doors, like sometimes the floodgates will just open, you know, there could be lots of tears, um, but it's just like, oh, I've actually told somebody, right? And you could be the first person that they're going to tell, right? If you're standing in the hallway at church or sitting having coffee, they could just open up and say, this is what my life looks like. And you're thinking, I've known that for a while, right? I've seen it. So this is where I met some mums. And I asked them some questions. And so there's a few mums at our church. And I said to them, what would you like the leaders within the church, the children's ministry, to ask you the first time you take your child to church? So here's what the mum said, right? So this is mums that are obviously open and they've already came to the place of acceptance that their kids has some needs. So what diagnosis, any nicknames um, or preferences the child has, also offering the, the parents to stay for a few moments would be nice so they would feel comfortable leaving their child. And I know sometimes that's an issue having parents in the room because we don't have space we don't have chairs a lot of the times. I know that we don't use chairs in C3 kids. So where would the parents be sitting beside the kid, beside the other kids? Would they be hanging on the back of the wall? So it's kind of up to you. Will it work having a parent in the room for a few minutes? But that was one of the things that they had said. It would just be nice to see where they're leaving the kids. Okay, 
Would you be comfortable completing an information form that would permit parents to approve info being communicated about their child? Encourages parents to fully disclose their child's needs and abilities and allows the church to adequately prepare for the child. And all of them said, yes, absolutely, without hesitation. They want us to know, right? The ones that are ready to be open with you, they want us to know how can we help your child on a Sunday morning? You know, what's going to work best having your kids in ch- uh, kids' church? Um, yeah, and it'll encourage parents to be fully disclosed their information. Yeah, and if you're going to have those kids in week after week, you can prepare for them coming. And I'll talk about some stuff that's helpful for that too. All right. Okay. How important do you feel an intake interview would be? So the interview would be with a designated coordinator to develop a, to develop a plan for your child whilst in kids' church. So the information would be documented, um, and it would benefit everyone serving your child, and it allows for follow-up questions. So... Again, this is from parents. An intake interview would be extremely helpful and would make me as a parent feel much easier about leaving my child. It would also give those assigned with my child's care time to prepare. So in C3 Kids, they have this binder that each buddy can see. First of all, they've listed different diagnoses just for the buddies in the room. Um, And different ways that you can help kids with special needs. And then at the back, there's a confidential student information sheet, and it's got the kid's name, it's got the kid's grade, and then if there's any siblings in the room, because sometimes you can use their sibling just to help them. So their likes, um, what activities they like to be involved in, some of their traits, some of their tendencies. Well, this kid likes to ask a lot of questions. Um, he always wants to help. So, And then you've got some strategies at the bottom. So he likes his hands to be held, right? But then some kids don't like their hands to be held. I know we worked with a kid in the past who liked his ears to be rubbed. So I would just sit, I think that's when I started serving at first, I would just sit and rub his ear lobes. That was my job for a whole service. <laughs> right? Do you know what I'm talking about? He probably, he's probably like 15 now and still rubbed to get his ears rubbed. Um, it's kind of funny, like, because I was reading these and I know all these kids and I'm like, that is so him, right? And it's just like he's always moving. Right, and he will try to convince you to do whatever he wants to do, and I'm like, yeah, that's true, right? And then he doesn't like sharing his buddy, right? Because if somebody else comes into the room that's unexpected, you have to share the buddy, and he just does not like that at all. Um, yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, and then sometimes this one here, he's got a note. He had just recently moved up from preschool, so he came with some notes from preschool. So what worked in the preschool room, now they took into the elementary room. He just likes to roll a ball a lot so but things like this here's another one this this is a trigger for him when there's marks on the wall this just drives this kid crazy if he sees like sticky tape that's been left on the wall he's got to go get it he doesn't like things on the floor so it's just kind of helpful for the buddies to know you know coming in and going okay all right so we'll just get the crumbs off the floor quickly so yes Yep, so each service has this in there. Yeah, in the buddy bin. Um, and you, typically the, the parents will bring the kids to the same service. Okay. Um, they have the buddies at second and third service, so parents know if they come to first service, the chances are they're going to get called from big church if we cannot serve their kids. Right, so... They'll, talk about buddies. Are those kids or are those 
adults. We have adults. Yeah. 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 Um, we try to do one on one if we can. So it's just those kids that might come for a visit that we haven't planned for. So that's how it would be good if you've got you know, okay, welcome to see three kids. This is our package that we give to her if you're going to come back, you know. And that's why the intake interview is really important as well if they're planning on coming back. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know that I would use a, a teenager unless they were a very mature, like 17, 18-year-old teenager that could handle your special needs kids because generally, yeah, they'll need a strong adult. Yeah. Okay. All right, so here's one. And we get this every Sunday, right? What do you want to hear when you pick your child up from kids' church? So what do they ask? Did you have fun? What did you learn today? But these mums <laughs> took it a step further, right? They said, this is what we would like to hear. If, your child particip- if the child participated in activities, how well they interacted with peers? Did they show any behaviours? Um, because then they'll know what to expect when they get home, right? Um, did they have a snack? Which is usually younger kids, right? And did they use the restroom? And I was thinking, when the mum had said that, I thought, she's got a medically fragile child, so she needs to know the poop at church, because I know you wait three hours this afternoon, whether they pooped or not. So that was just kind of like important for her. So it would be helpful to receive feedback from those taking care uh, sorry, of the child, of how they felt the child did. And then for leaders to be honest and ask any questions if they're still uncomfortable or want more insight on the child's needs. And I think that's hard on us because sometimes we don't know what to say, right? Um, but she said, you know, just being honest and saying, I have no idea. Can you tell me? Can you help us? And um, Because we want to help your kid, right? So that was big for her. She said she really would like the leaders to be honest. But she's a mum that's got a lot of years' experience. I don't know that a lot of younger mums would, or they're just new to the whole walking the special needs journey, would maybe want you to be so honest. But she does. All right. Um, okay. As a parent with a child with a with a child with special needs, what do you need from your local church? And this is what you were talking about earlier: events in which parents can and encourage to bring their a special needs children, right? Because outside a Sunday morning, like there's not really anything. Um, and then an occasional parent time away would be wonderful as well. So you're already doing that. That's awesome. You know. We have, a, we have adults. a room full of all of us, right? There's like two people that do that, right? Just think of all the parents that we could impact, just giving them like two hours to themselves, right? Mum would probably go home and have a shower and have a cup of tea or coffee, right? And maybe read a book, interrupt, or have a bath, you know? Or maybe she would just go to the grocery store and run, run crazy by herself for a, like a couple of hours. It's, yeah, um, that's awesome. That's wonderful. I'm so glad you're doing that. So on occasion, yeah, so we did that. Um... It would be also helpful for parents of kids who can't get to service often to receive calls and visits so that the parent doesn't feel like they are not wanted or missed. Like, how that, how heartbreaking is that? A mum actually said that, 
right? She said she could miss church for four weeks and who would notice, right? Just because she can't bring her kid to church. That breaks my heart. Um, but when I thought about that, I thought that's where our small groups in church come into, right? Our small groups and our community groups. Because if mum's missing, you're like, oh, I never saw you at church on Sunday. So I think that's where big church really needs to have our small groups in place so these people don't get left behind. Because you know what? They'll just slip away from church. Like three weeks turns into four weeks, turns into five weeks, and before you know it, they haven't been there for six months. Right? So, yeah. Okay, this was just a continuation from that one. It says there are also lots of special needs children that can't go out in the colder months or when there is a lot of sickness going around. Um, and it can be very harmful for them. Receiving a phone call or a visit from church friends and family can really help a parent feel loved and that someone does care about them outside of church services. It also helps the child not to forget who their friends are as they may not be able to attend church for several months at a time. Again, that's probably more your medically fragile kids that can't come to church because of sickness and stuff. Um, But you know what? I could just imagine some mums getting up on a Sunday morning and their kids are just driving them crazy and they just say, forget it. It's just not worth the hassle. You know, like, it's already crazy trying to get you out the door. Once I get to church, I'm humiliated because you're throwing a fit on the floor. So, yeah. Yeah. So this was real mums, right? These are real people. Um, Okay. So I know some of you in this room know this kid that I'm going to talk about next. Her name is Annie. So if you're from New Beginnings, you know who Annie is. If you were at camp last year, you know who Annie is. Um, so I'm going to plug Starter Camp here. I know Pastor Stacey did it already. So this will be my fifth year at Starter Camp, and it'll be my third year uh, running camp. Um, but last year, probably about this time, Pastor Stacey had called me to say we had a mum that was interested in bringing her kid to camp. Um, her name is Annie, and she has cerebral palsy. She's in a wheelchair. Um, and mum would come too. So could we accommodate Annie at camp? This is what mum wanted to know. Um, so Stacy and I talked about it. I mean, I'd be like, absolutely, you know, for sure. But let's talk about practically how can we accommodate <coughs> Annie at camp. She's in a wheelchair. She's got a stroller. But we are in a building that's like way at the end of the field. And we have to get to the other end of the field to go to the nature centre, do tie-dye. We have to, we go into the woods for a bonfire. So just talking about all that stuff, how can we do this? Where do we let Annie sleep, right? So there's four bunks, four rooms that's got like 18 beds in it. And then there's a room at the back that's got four. So we're thinking, okay, so we could put Annie back there with mum and then she could have two buddies back, like two friends back there with her. We could rearrange the furniture. So this is the conversations we're having on the phone. Um, and they're like, yeah, we can totally do this. We can totally accommodate Annie at camp. I had no idea what it was going to look like, but we can do it. Um, and I will say right here, I did ask Annie's mum, Joe, could I share this story? Okay, and she's like, share what you like. You know, the more people that know Annie's story, the better. And show photographs. So I'm going to do that too. Um, but I'll show you Annie. So that's our bonfire. Eating s'mores. It was awesome. Um, but let me tell you, last year, it, like I've loved Starter Camp. I've got so many, so many precious memories from Starter Camp. But Jesus did something very beautiful at Starter Camp last year. And it was because Annie was there. There was just a completely different dynamic. Um, just because we had said, yep, we can accommodate Annie. Um, so this is our bonfire. 
So this is Annie's group. This was the orange group. They were together for like two and a half days. So that's Annie's mum, Jo, right behind Annie, holding her hand. And then her room leaders, and then all Annie's friends for the week. Um, it was sweet as anything just to watch them, like, talking to Annie and touching her. And, you know, it was wonderful. Um, and then this is Annie saying, see you later on the Wednesday morning. Like, just all our buddies saying goodbye. And this right here, this is probably going to stay in my heart for the rest of my life, this picture right here. Um, so this was us during worship time, and Jo had been holding Annie, and she was kind of like puffed out, and I, was, I said, can I hold Annie? She's like, are you sure? I was like, yep. And she was like singing to Jesus. She's worshiping Jesus in my ear, and I'm just worshiping Jesus, and we're having a great old time. And somebody took this photograph and sent it to me, and I said, like, I'm going to hold this in my heart forever. But for me right here, this is a taste of heaven. Because that's what I think heaven's going to be like, right? There's going to be, we, all these children's leaders, you're going to be surrounded by all your kids you've seen in the past, and we're just going to be worshiping Jesus. I know that sounds like somebody's worst nightmare. Heaven all of right? But for me, it's like, give me all the children, give me all the children, right? And like, let me hold Annie. It was just like, it was just precious. It was totally precious. It's, yeah, that's probably my favorite memory in all the years of camp. But here is what Joe said after camp. She said, bonfire Thursday night and the goodbye on Friday morning. The kids loved how Annie would give them a high five. It was a good way for them to interact together. It was so sweet. Going to camp exceeded my expectations. Everyone was so compassionate, caring, understanding, accommodating and inclusive. This morning leaving camp, I thanked the girls for being such a good friend to Annie. And then I cried like a baby. They saw past her wheelchair and her disability, and they saw her for who she is in Christ. Something every mama wants to hear when we are traveling this road. One thing my husband Sam said to me as we were leaving, he said, help Annie make some friends. And she said, I confidently can say that we did that. And I did as well. She said, thank you all for a great few days. God is so good because we said yes, right? We can accommodate Annie. So if you've got kids in your church and you don't give them a form for camp because they've got some needs, send them anyway, right? Send them. Like, I think about that kid that you sent us a couple of years ago and you're like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> right right up at the last minute, you weren't going to send them. And she's like, but Jesus is telling me to send them. And I'm like, that's okay. Send them. You know, like... And it was fun. And I don't even think, I don't even remember coming back and having to talk to you. Right? Um, actually, the kid we had the problem with was one that we took. You're like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, we got this. We got this. Yeah, because a couple of years ago, we took a kid. Um, it was awesome. And uh, he had special needs and stuff. And we told mom, like, he'll be great. We'll be fine. I totally never had this in my notes, but it's a really good story. <laughs> so Stacy's husband is there, right? He's just had knee surgery, so he shouldn't have been running, right? And then there's me, and this kid's under the table, and he was, you know, just having a moment. So we're just like, he's fine. He's not hurting anybody. He's under the picnic table. So I'm like, you know what? You should probably come out. And, and I know him really well, so I'm like trying to get him out. So then he comes out, and then he starts kicking, right? He's kicking me in the leg, and he's kicking me in the stomach. And Mr. Mark saying, you need to stop. Stop hurting Miss Laura. Stop, stop. And he's like, Arr. So the next thing, this thing takes off like a whippet. 
right? And Mark's like, get him! And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, like, I can't run to save my life, right? And I'm running. And then Mark's running. And I'm thinking, he should be running. Then we've got a guy who is a runner. He comes running. <laughs> so then, I'm there as a camp director on my go-kart going back to check on eventually I don't know but anyway so we ran and we ran and we got him we brought him back and the next day one of the guys that was running he took him out because he says I want to see if he can run like that like for real run but he couldn't do it so it was obviously just the, the adrenaline but I mean it was so much fun I lost my toenail seriously yeah I said I just kept sending Stacey pictures of my toenail look at it this week look at it so eventually I had to go and get it taken off and I'm like there's my toe <laughs> Oh, he did. He told me about Jesus. He told me. So I had to call up Mama. She's like, is everything okay? I'm like, everything's fine, but you just need to know this. You know, in case he comes back and tells you we were chasing him, right? <laughs> it was hilarious. I'd never ran like that since I was like 15. <laughs> it was funny. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he just had surgery, right? Oh. It was, I'm telling you, it was hilarious. Your kids will be safe, I promise. <laughs> promise. <laughs> yeah. Well, we... Because we, we had that when I worked at school. Yeah. We know this kid's a runner and you need to make sure you yeah. stay with him. He'd never run before. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I think that field was just so enticing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway, it was funny. It's good. That's a good story. Anyway, so back to back to Annie. So Annie is coming back to camp. I was talking to her mum last week, and she's like, "Yeah, we're coming back." And I was like, "Woohoo! We're so excited!" So yeah, and all her friends will be back. So it's great and exciting. All right. So the next thing I was going to talk about were our buddy bins. This is something that's easy and inexpensive. So if you do have kids in your room that are you know, those fidgety kids that we were just talking about there. There's just some stuff in this bin that could keep them busy. So this is something that we put in all our buckets. We bought these years ago, Stacey and I. Some of the kids, somebody had mentioned it earlier on if it gets too noisy for them. So it's usually like maybe during worship time or it's story time. If sometimes the story's noisy or the kids are just noisy. And um, they just like to put these on just to kind of like muffle some sound. Because we don't have anywhere else in the church that these kids can go to, so they have to stay in the big room. So there's just things in here like a stress ball, unless they throw the balls, then take them away. But just things like stress balls. I can't stand this stuff. But, you know, kids like it. Silly party and slime drives me nuts. But, anyway, because it gets stuck to the carpet. And then that kid doesn't like it. So. so there you go. Stuff like that. And then fidget spinners. I keep getting told by my daughter that, like, they're so two, uh, 2015, mum. I'm like, well, the kids still like them, right? So, yeah. So your fidget spinners or your fidget cubes, these were really popular, like, last year, unless it's 
too noisy and distracting, but usually if you've got music on. Yeah, so these are like on Amazon, like super inexpensive. Things like jacks, if they just want to sit at the back, play stuff like that. Like, who doesn't love this? Right? I was playing with that the other day and my dog was like... <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, just stuff like that that just kind of, you know, let them zone in on something else. Um, Jenga, because who doesn't love Jenga? And then there's a doodle pad, some crayons, dominoes. Got to tell you, that's my favourite game in the whole world. Like, seriously, I'm such an old lady. But I do love my dominoes. And then a mini Etch-a-Sketch. Just one of these magnetic, uh, sorry, stainless steel puzzle things that the kids like. Drive you crazy. And then just cards. And then the other thing, I don't know if anybody still uses chairs. Do people still have chairs in the room, in the kids' rooms? Yeah. Okay, so you know those like kids that like fidget all the time? Like, so... If they fidget and it like is, drives you to distraction, you can put some of those, these are from my physiotherapy days, um, just put them on the bottom of the chairs and just let the kids kick, right? And then they're just like, they're not bugging anybody. They're just kind of like sitting, swinging their legs, right? Or you can tie one together and just let them stretch it. As long as they don't like ping their pal, right? Because <laughs> that would be terrible. So I'll show you... Um, I'll pull one in, like, see it. So if you just get a band like that and tie it around the butt, it's really quite relaxing. I'm not a fidgeter, and I don't, like, my husband does that, drives me crazy. I'm like, stop it, Elvis, right? <laughs> Seriously, like, he does it, and then his daughter does it, and then I'm like, stop, you're shaking the table. But it is, it's, it's quite relaxing. If you want to try it, I'll leave it up. You can come and try it later. So, yeah. So go for physiotherapy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure you can buy these somewhere, I'm sure. Anyway, so there's that one. The short one, just like let them stretch it, right? It's just, you know, they won't bug anybody doing it. All right. Is a buddy then just for kids to have a buddy? Or yeah. I would worry about like, well, I want to do that. No, too. no. And usually the, the other kids have been really good about that. Usually they'll sit, they only get the buddy bucket if they're at the back of the room, right? So we try and encourage the kids to sit in their small group, right? So our elementary room has six carpets and the kids, so like, mats for small groups and they're uh, separated by age and grain, uh, gender so you've got like the girls on the front row boys on the back and if the kid we make the kids start in their small group and it might just be during the story time but it's just too long for them to sit still they'll say can i go at the back and then the bin's already just sitting at the back of the room and then the buddy will just sit beside them right so and they can just do whatever and then try and encourage them back to the small group right for Small group time, question I just time. To touch on that structure yeah. real quick. Yes. So, um, you guys have your small groups don't use chairs. You guys use rugs or yep. mats. Yep, just mats. And the kids stay together mm -hmm. on the mat. Yep. Uh, so there's no tables involved nope. or anything. Nope. So this is for from kindergarten through third grade, and then the fourth and fifth grade are in a separate room. Do they still do, like color or do worksheets or anything? Mm -hmm. Just not their mats. Yeah. That sounds so. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have been doing that since Pastor Stacy was a children's pastor. We get rid of all the chairs and put in the. It's, it's amazing. It was an easy transition for us because yeah. mobile, so they were ready. They knew it was going to look different, so we just decided we get rid of chairs that, and then when we came back, 
Yeah. Um, it sounds it sounds really nice. We are in a shared space, so we're forever setting down chairs oh, or setting yeah. up tables and chairs and putting them down. And yeah. oh, we need more chairs. We have too many yeah. chairs. Let's move half the chairs from small group over to large group area. Right. And, you know. Yeah. So what we did in so the preschool room is when we were there and um, put folding tables on the walls at the kids' height, so the tables go against the wall when it's not activity time. And then preschool don't have chairs either. They just stand against the tables and just color and do their craft and have their snack. Like that. And then, um, is large in the small in the same area that you guys do the small? Yep. Group? Yep. They so just, just kind of stay with their group. Yep. So the only time they kind of come out of the group is for worship, right? I mean, during like the large group time, story time, they kind of like they'll maybe shuffle a bit over from their mat, which is totally fine. Yeah. But we kind of try and keep them contained in their on their mats, and right? Is worship in the same area as mm-hmm. large group and small groups? Okay. That just yeah. sounds lovely. And it's easier for for your large group leader, if you don't have as many volunteers, um, for you to kind of direct and manage small mm-hmm. groups if you just have like a teenager helping with that. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we do that. We, we have small groups. So each small group is labeled. We actually have orange cones and sticks. Yeah, yeah. So we have like, we have orange cones, sticks, and then the small group name, whether it's boys and girls, or boys, so it could be like kindergarten boys sit here. Right, kindergarten girls sit here. So, yeah. Yeah, it's easy. Yes? The buddies are generally people, actually, the buddies that have been there have been there for years. <laughs> um, it's the same people we've had. Um, and I think it's either they have, maybe that's their job, like one of the, she is a special ed teacher, so that's, she comes into the room and she's a buddy. Um, another one was a high school student, I think she might be a senior now. Um, and that's just kind of like her heart. And then we have a mum who's got three rambunctious boys, all like teenage boys, and that's just her, that was her heart. She wanted to be a buddy. The language so. I used to use was um, <coughs> when you, let's face it, we're always looking for volunteers for anything. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the best way to get a volunteer is you go talk to people and you pat them on the shoulder. You know how it's met as well in the kids' rooms, right? Well, we got to have some strategic planning. Maybe there's one Sunday every couple months on my resources and um, so Joni they've got an office in Columbus and they will come to your church and train people for you because if they know that there's a church in the neighborhood that's supporting special needs families they're going to spend they're going to send special needs families there and um, you know and 
and I'll talk about this later, but you can accommodate everybody. But if you've got a buddy system and a parent that's got a kid that's maybe got ADHD, ADD, ODD, OCD, if they know you've got somebody in place, they're going to bring their kids. If you go to Johnny and Friends and they come in and train, they're going to tell people to come to your church and bring their special needs families and train your family um, or train your staff and your leaders. Uh, and so later on, I'll talk about this later as well, but the um, your local developmental disabilities, if you've got one of them close by, they'll come in too and do all kinds of training for you. Like, Yes? We have a... Right. So they they just know that we appreciate their children. Mm-hmm. And parents with children with disabilities are so eager to have somebody say, "This is a valuable child," mm-hmm. and we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think that's awesome. I'm I'm so glad that you do what you do. But yeah, there's. Yeah, they're going to come in and support you, like Johnny and Friends, your local disability group. They'll come in, do trade. They offer training all the time. They still send, they send me emails all the time. Um, but anyway, I'll put those resources up. But anyway, so if you were going to start a special needs ministry, um, I just kind of thought I'll just do this quickly because I do want to leave some time at the end for questions and more chocolate. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I, I don't want to take in that chocolate at home. That's why. Um, okay, so. If you're going to start a special needs ministry in a year, so here are just some things, right? On your first month, determine families and individuals impacted by special needs, right? That's only inside your building, right? Don't go into the community just yet. You know, you just want to support and serve the families that you've already got, because I'm sure you've already got them. Um, You can create ministry forms, but you really don't need to create ministry forms, because any ministry form you need is already created online. Don't go create your own forms. There is no need to do that, right? There's Johnny and Friends. You go on her website, and she's got all kinds of forms that you can use. Amy Fenton, an orange specialist, she is with the Inclusive Church. Anything you need is already there. Um, You just need to change your logo and word it the way you want it worded. Make an individualized plan. Simple as simple as what's in that black binder, right? That's your plan, right? That's how you're going to deal with this kid when he comes into your church on a Sunday morning doesn't have to be anything fancy unless you want to go fancy, right? Um, and then a plan, an individualized plan at a glance. So that'd be something like this. And that's for your volunteers and your staff in the room. And then contact families for interviews. Um, and again, it could just be a coffee. You know, can we meet? Can we talk? Um, and then begin volunteer recruitment and establish a volunteer pool. And then on your second month, um, so exactly what Pastor Stacey had said a minute ago. So determine which existing volunteers inside your preschool or children's ministry environments are willing to be trained for the model, right? That's what this is called. Um, so you've already got people serving, so you could replenish them, and if they show an interest in special, serving the special needs kids, use them. And then create a budget for your ministry. Are you going to spend maybe 30 or 50 bucks on a buddy box, right? If you've got 50 bucks that you could spend, like, go to Five Below or go to the dollar store, that kind of thing, that's your budget, right? Unless you're going to go high budget and do, like, a sensory room, which would be awesome. But, I mean, 30 bucks could get you that box. So just continue your uh, parent interviews, work with existing children's ministry leaders to assess needs for buddies or other inclusion strategies. 
And then here is the bit, re research paid trained embodied childcare providers and agencies for emergency needs. So that could be if you're going to do your parents' night, you know, do you need to have treat? Obviously, you need to have training before that kind of thing. Um, are you going to bring in somebody like Johnny and Friends or your local disability group to train your your leaders, or do you have somebody in the church that can do that training already? Um, train volunteers already working with students with additional needs. It's just ongoing. And then just on your third month, so provide pointers to students about including peers with special needs. That's just in your small group time, you know, like. Don't let that kid, if they're in small group, be dismissed. You know, they have to be included too. Include them in your conversations. Uh, work with ministry leaders and parents to begin transitioning identified students to individual accommodation plans. So that might just be kids that are in your room already, but you don't have anything written down, right? They're just there and they're a handful every Sunday. So write it down. Recruit and train volunteers for transition environments. So this could be when somebody's moving from your preschool to elementary or elementary to youth, right? Keep the communication open as to who's going where. Continue working with preschool, children's and student ministry leaders to identify and meet the needs of students. Um, month four, assess transitional plans for each student. That's what I just said a minute ago. So transition for elementary to student ministry, transition in small groups within the same ministry area. So like I described ours, we have got, so the kids will move in um, each school year. They have like the move up plan. So the kids will go from one carpet to the next carpet. That's a big deal for some kids because they're not sitting in that carpet anymore. So it's just like, when you come back next week, this is going to be your carpet, right? You're graduating to here and then it could be you're going next door, right? Or you're going into a youth group. So that kind of thing. Um, or from the preschool into the elementary department. Um, so then just reassess the volunteer pool and your budget concerns. Just keeping an eye on all your equipment, making sure nothing's broken, nothing's been chewed, because that'll probably happen a lot. Like your stuff will get chewed and you just have to replenish it. So your fifth month, just finalising your budget needs, uh, refining your environment and your goals your accommodations, progress and volunteer placement for each identified student. Um, yeah, so your budget, like, are you going to be able to grow this special needs ministry? Are you going to move from a buddy system to uh, providing something for parents on a Friday night um, or a support group for mums? So month six, make plans for new enrollment of students to come through a special needs ministry. So that would be a kid shows up for the first time and then it's like you talk to mum about, can we meet, can we talk, can I give you this package, can you fill that in, bring it back. Um, and then just create a plan for staff and volunteer training events, begin modifying curriculum as needed if you have to change it up for your special needs kids and set volunteer training goals and modify your curriculum goals. All right. So in your month seven, just focus on intense volunteer recruitment, continue to assess effectiveness of programme. And that's got to be like an every week thing, every month thing, like how are we doing? Um, begin monthly training for your staff and volunteers and then begin assessing inclusion opportunities for summer children's ministry experiences or if your programme changes in the summer months. So at VBS, are your special needs kids going to be able to come? Are you going to have a buddy in place for any of your special needs kids or is that just something that they'll be excluded from? Or summer camp, can you send a kid to camp? Can you send a buddy with them? Um, or not, because we will look after them. Really? We will. Um, 
Or is your summer program completely changed in the summer? Right? Do you do a kids program in your church on a Sunday morning through the summer? What does it look like? And then continue staff and volunteer training events. And then at your month 10 and 12, so just continue your outstanding items from the previous month. Reassess all your aspects of your current plan for your ministry. Revisit needs and goals of ministry, what's going well, what needs to change. Explore additional long-term ministry opportunities, so respite care. Mother's Day out, day camps, and parent support groups. That would be huge. You know, like I know at C3 they'll often have a parents afternoon out. It's usually close to Christmas time. And then that lets you drop your kids off and you can go Christmas shopping or a parents night out. Um, but it's not just geared towards special needs kids, it's just kids, right? So it's wonderful that, I just think that's amazing that you already do that. Um, but a Mother's Day out, could you imagine some of those mums just getting like a date themselves? be great. Day camps. So I know that there's... Actually, I met somebody in the hallway. There's a special needs camp at Heartland as well for a week in the summertime if you have special needs kids in your church that they can go there for the whole week. It'd be awesome. And then a support group for, for parents. Um, actually, I don't think I want to do that. Okay, so... And there, there's a question, some questions just for your team, right? So how can we prove the ministry for the kids, right, at the end of your year? What is better now than a year ago, right? So if you have a buddy system in place this time next year, that's better than where you were this time this year, right? So just to be able to offer that, what's next? So if you've got the buddy system in place, what's your next step? Is it like a Friday night once a month or a Friday night every quarter for parents? Um what kids are we currently serving? Is there anybody that you're missing in the rooms? Or is there a family that used to come that have stopped coming? Um, what consistent volunteers do we have? And then a commitment luncheon or a dinner for special needs ministry. Um, just like treat your, your leader. And I'm sure you do that anyway, like treat your leaders well. But I kind of, this is a, another funny story. I went to a conference last year and I went to a special needs breakout session. And it was this lady, she was wonderful, right? She was like from the South. And I won't try and imitate her accent. But she was talking about like her special needs team and she treats her special needs team really well. And she's like, and if you give your leaders $5 Starbucks gift cards, then stop. And I was like, oh, that'd be me. And I'm like, what's up with a $5 Starbucks gift card, right? I'm like, I like getting a gift card, like especially for Starbucks or even just a thank you card or even just a text to say, hey, thank you so much. I appreciate you. This place would not be the same without you. We so need you on a Sunday morning. But this lady, she was just like, well, that's just terrible. You should never give somebody that. I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, lady. So <laughs> so they must be one of those churches that've got like mega bucks because like she has this big fancy schmancy lunch at her place and she just goes all out and she treats them every month. And I'm like, that's great. We don't. So <laughs> they get a $5 gift, $5 gift card and they're happy, right? But even just a text or a card, Right? I mean, who doesn't love getting cards? I think I'm totally showing my age. I love getting cards in the mail. You know, just like, thank you. You know, somebody took two minutes to write, thank you, appreciate you, whatever. Actually, I got one from Stacey at Christmas time, and it was just, it wasn't even just a Christmas card. It had like a old thank you note in it. And I text her, I'm like, hey, that was so nice, just getting that thank you note in the mail, right? But just, yeah, your buddies are special. Like, they certainly are. All right, so here is a dream room right here for me. And it, wouldn't it be amazing if we could have one of these in a church? Like if every church in Ohio could have one of these rooms. Um, I would go there every Sunday, right? <laughs> and I would stay there. 
Um, so this was actually taken at Woodstock City Church. It's a North Point campus in Atlanta. So there are some stuff in this. If you've got a budget, that's awesome if you do. But there's stuff in there that you can see is from Ikea. You could make this if you've got space, right? At C3, we just never had the space, which broke my heart because I would just, not that I want to exclude kids, I don't want to exclude them, but sometimes kids just need to get away for 10 minutes or even 15 minutes, and this would be the place to go. Could you just imagine being in that room and it's like nice, quiet music, right? And the kids can just go sit in the tent for a few minutes or they can go sit in that orange Ikea chair or just go sit in the corner. Like, doesn't that just look amazing? You want to be there right now, don't you? Me too. That's my dream room right there. That's what I'd love to see. And then you can't really see it very well, but that's like a tent with lights on it. See that? That's my thing right there. Right. So that's what I'd love to see in every church in Ohio. That would be awesome. But we're getting there. The fact that we offer this, we're getting there. Okay, so here's a floor. Just uh, a place for the kids to sit. And you can see the text. Uh, the texture on the tiles, every one of them is different because kids just love to like touch all that stuff. And there's something, the next thing is, um, this next one is totally doable. And I'm sure everybody here could fit that into their budget or you could find stuff in your house, right? But this is a pegboard sensory wall and a, you could build it and you could put it on wheels if you share space or if you're mobile and you could just like wheel it in and out. Or if it's too big, you could shorten it and just have some of the stuff on it. And I totally thought about Troy. Where's Jen? I totally thought Troy could make that. Couldn't he? Right? That's who I thought about when I saw that picture. I'm like, not listening. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> I asked her if she needed one of those at work. I said, no, it would distract me. Is she a, fidget, is she a fidgeter? She's a big fidgeter. Is she really? I'll sell you this. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. But anyway, like, I bet you got some of this stuff in your basement from, you know, like, I'm looking at that, I'm saying, like, you could totally make that. It's just a pegboard, right? There's, like, locks there and just squishy stuff and, right? It's just amazing. Yeah, like, there's a... ideas on Pinterest, too. Oh, yeah. 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 So, there you go. What's that? All right. So there's just the resources I was talking about, just Johnny and Friends, the Inclusive Church. I got a lot of my, my material from Amy uh, Fenton Lee. I just love her. She's amazing. Um, and then disabilityscoop.com. They send you emails all the time just to be like, what's going on in the world? Um, and apparently, like, airline staff are now being trained on how to deal with kids and adults with special needs. So that's awesome. I just heard that yesterday. Contact your local board of developmental disabilities. Or you can contact me if you want any of this information. Or last year's, which was very much more hands-on. I can send you that from last year too. But there are all ways for kids to have a positive experience, both learning about Jesus and being at church. Um, and if it's a positive experience for the kids, mum and dad are going to come back to your church next week. And they're going to stay in big church and they're going to get their spiritual nourishment. So if it's all new to you, start slowly. Make a goal to accommodate the disabilities and differences one area and one service at a time. Don't try and like run like doing your four services. Oh, we're going to have this for all four services. Just start with one and then expand once you have developed a rhythm and you can serve your current families well um, and encourage growth that allows your team to experience success and be sure to celebrate all the wins with your children and your uh, ministry and the leaders. 
So when a child is able to participate in your program, even if it's for 15 minutes, celebrate it. Let them know how proud you are. You know, like, you did great. You know, sorry you had to go back to your mum. But you did great for those 15 minutes. Tell mum we're so proud of you. Um, and then I said this earlier on, but you do have to recognise that your church won't be able to accommodate everybody and all the needs of the participating families that come through your door. So you have to establish your mission. What can you do? We have a buddy system. We have a buddy system, right? If you can do the sensory room, awesome. I'd love to come and see it. I'll come and help you paint it. I'll set it up. But I'm serious though, but you just have to do what you can. Um, and I know we have um, some time for questions, but can I quickly just pray for everybody in this room? Okay, Jesus, we love you. And I just thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this morning. And I thank you for each and every person that's in this room. Lord Jesus, I just pray that today you will just spark something new in their heart. Lord, help us to serve our families well. Lord, help us to include these special needs families and the kids. And Lord, just help us to show you and everything that we do and may you get all the honour and all the glory and all the praise for everything that we do just bless every church that's represented here Lord Jesus in your name we pray Amen Amen does anybody have any questions anything that we never covered yeah Yeah. She was mobile, but she was wobbling. Then we get until she was sleeping. Yeah. You know, and I finally had to sit mom down because she was yelling at the girls in class. Yeah. How old is she? At that time, I teach daughter, so third and fifth grade. She's now in like two. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think maybe. Did mom ever stay in the room with her? Yes. She did. And sometimes I think that caused problems. Yeah. Problem. Right. Yeah. I know sometimes it's best not to have the parents there at all. Right. Um, yeah. So maybe it's just for a difficult situation. I finally just had to sit her down and talk to her about how she was treating the other folks in the Right. <coughs> Separating her daughter from them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's tough, right? Because the other kids don't understand, right? Um, that there has to be that inclusion. They have to include their everybody. Yeah. Well, I told her, you know, you being in there, giving you the perfect opportunity to explain to these girls how to include your daughter. Right. What she is saying, that she is Yeah. Yeah, and I think last year at camp, Annie's mum was really good at that. Like, she would talk to the kids about, you know, Annie likes this and Annie likes that, you know. Like, sometimes Annie just has, she would just tell her mum, you know, like, I just need to go and have some quiet time, you know, like, on her communication tool. Um, but mum was really good. Like, she taught us a lot while we were there. Yeah. Having a buddy in yeah. that situation is mm-hmm. because then they can facilitate that conversation. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big bonus to buddies. But oftentimes, because we actually have one in my mind that I Because I can't, I don't have a special needs child 
because Jesus knows. <laughs> Jesus knows my temperament. I know, right? Don't say things like that, right? But her guard fell when I yeah. said, you know, you're right. It, it is not fair for your daughter, not fair for your son. But at the same time, that's why God gave them to you, and that's why you have that burning in your spirit. Because there is no one else to stick up for your children but you. But we've got to find a way for you to speak these things in a loving manner like you would want your child to be spoke to. And so when I would confront it like that, I got a whole lot further. But I didn't first, of course, because you wanted to mistake. But I felt that that really got me after. And now, you know, I'm actually friends with the mom. It wasn't for a little while. But <laughs> yeah. now, and so um, I think that that goes a long way. Yeah, and I, and I think I know who you're talking about because I know I saw her, yeah. like her daughter's maybe 15 now, yeah. right? And she went on Facebook last night and had a rant because her kid's yeah. getting left out again. I'm thinking like, but why do you have to rant on Facebook? <laughs> you know, call somebody, call Stacey. <laughs> She'll validate your feelings, right? But she's still there and her kid's 15, right? And she's been all through her kid's ministry. Yeah, and I think that's why partnering with parents is so important, right? And I think that's why, you know, I just like high ten you for what you're doing. That is so important for those mums, right? Just a coffee, you know, like the things that we take for granted, you know. Um, yeah. I have a sister, and her. Mm-hmm. They're same age, and she is with the cousins, you know. So she feels that same way with even cousins, let alone in church and stuff. And he doesn't know. He doesn't know the people are leaving him out, but she knows. Right. And, and she's hurt. And I, you know, God's continuing to remind me that she needs prayer more than, because sometimes she is unlovable. Yeah. <laughs> especially as a sister, you, you quarrel with sisters anyway, let alone when when they're behaving like that. But they just need prayer. Yeah. I mean, they need constant prayer. Mm-hmm. And that God would soften their hearts so they can be, but soften our hearts so we can right. be what they need to. Yep. And that's, yeah. 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 I know. And I think that's when we're thinking about these kids on a Sunday morning that do drive us crazy, right? Like, think about those parents. They're taking these kids home. We've got them for an hour, right? That mum's got those kids, like, from morning till night, right? Um, so they do need your prayers. And the kids need your prayers, the parents need your prayers, and we need to have support for our families in church, right? We need to have, like, a parents' group, a mums' group, right? We don't need the... Well, we do need the dads, I'm just kidding. But... (laughs) I just know what I'm like as a mum, right? I like to talk to other mums and get, like, encouraged and helped, and it's just like, hey, this is... Hannah's 12, and I've never been here before. Like, I need help. So if we can do that for those mums, what a huge difference we'd make. Huge difference. It's 11.16. I went a minute over my time. I'm sorry. (laughs) Take the chocolate home with you because I am not eating it anymore. Please.